my name's Lewis Tomlinson and this week we really do have a little bit of a, it's a bit of a two-part podcast, isn't it? It's on the other end of the line to take you through the Breeders' Cup. Is Mr James Watson, how are we doing, pal? Superb. <laughs> it is lockdown 2.0, bonfire night and we have fireworks that are launching at Keeneland this weekend with some absolute weapons of English horses running against America's greatest of the current generation, and hopefully we can give him a good run for the money. That was better than any intro I've ever done. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I've been spending most of my day thinking about it. <laughs> nah, you keep that one in your back pocket there, Jim, you keep that one in your back pocket. <laughs> you don't mention if you've already come up with a joke on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but you do properly love the Breeders' Cup. I, I can't be honest, I've never stayed up to watch it before. I, I probably will do this year. It's not this, not that late this year. Not that bad. Whereabouts is Keeneland in America? Uh, Kentucky. Is it? Oh, so it's not, yeah, it's not wrong side, is it? But, I'd say, I've, I've not had chance really to get into the American, uh, much of the American back form. I know who the big names are. So I might be able to contribute uh, briefly. But everything worthwhile about the American stuff this week is going to come from Watson. I promise you that. And you want to start, Jim, with the Juvenile Turf Sprint on Friday night? Yes, it's, yeah. a, it's a race that I'm looking forward to because you've got Golden Pal, who we've seen a lot of do a lot of... well. One of his best performances without winning was uh, last time in the Norfolk, uh, well, two starts back in the Norfolk, where he was behind the lead jet, um, full of exuberance, uh, typical Wesley Ward, led, just nabbed on the line, and the ground probably just blunted his speed slightly. Uh, and it's interesting in going into this race with stall 14 of 14, will he be able to defy the draw? Um I don't necessarily think it's that much of a negative so far, but a race that has got a lot of interest in. Yeah, like you said, we know Golden Pal from uh, his run at Royal Ascot just edged out by the Learjet in the North. He came what was, I think, probably the best uh, two-year-old race at Royal Ascot. Next in the better two over American horses, a bold and high map. And after five, the European representatives, oh, Jimmy, we've got Lipizana, you better believe it, and Mighty Gurkha. Give a chance to any of our team. Uh, I think it's a, it's a decent squad to send over. Um, all a bit, I think they all have to improve a bit, but you never know the style of the race, the conditions, the ground will all uh, certainly contribute the three uh, in all different ways. I think you better believe it will enjoy the rattling uh, good ground. Uh, question mark about going round the bend. Uh, I don't necessarily have as much worries as as other people may do with him, but I think he's I think he's got a, a decent each way chance if he reproduces uh, his form from the Flying Childers because I thought he did a lot wrong and he's still got his head in front. And I know the form maybe hasn't mounted up as much as we'd like. Uh, I think only frenetic has won a race out of that lot since. Uh, I think Mohawk King may have even won one on the all-weather, if if I remember correctly. The form's not exactly 
sparkling, but you can't take that victory away from him. And fair dues for Tinkler to send it over to Keeneland. Uh, Mighty Gurkha, I think um, this this race. I think I think this is the right race to go for him to to finish off the season. He, he's a big old colt, and I think uh, I thought I'd qu- I was questioning whether I think he's he's too big to go around Keelan because the the sharp left-handed bends um, aren't necessarily in his favour. But I went and watched his Lingfield debut back, and he certainly didn't lack speed or lack agility around. I, I, Lingfield's probably one of the tightest tracks on. Uh, the English circuit so I thought it was all right round there and uh, I think he's certainly not without a ch- not without all forlorn hope uh, at a price of 22s Lipizana we know a lot about him um, I think he was a, a weak enough race la- weak enough race last time he does need to step up uh, he ran uh, in the middle park and was disappointing uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him run against some fairly solid American sprinters because one that I quite like at a price uh, of the American lot is Momos um, where he won on debut and he was just full of speed knew his job fairly early on uh, I didn't really stop but this that was on the dirt uh, and last time we saw him on the grass and I didn't think he ran all that bad, to be honest. Um, he got beat, but I think the horses that he got beat by aren't that bad. Uh, and I think the speed round Keeneland will certainly suit him because he's he's run at Belmont over six. I, I know he's now it's a furlong shorter, but Belmont's not as sharp as Keeneland from what I know. Um, and I think he could be slightly overpriced at 16s. But <laughs> back to Golden Pal, who heads the market, I think he's... I think he deserve. I think the bookies are being slightly generous with him at fifteen to eight because he is the best horse in this race. But I don't think draw fourteen's that bad. I think he'll have the early pace to get out, and he'll have the early pace to probably get in. And I think that it might suit him that he does have that option because he won't have another horse on the other side of him to try and stop him from going out and getting a clear run. I think he's got fourteen straight line, B line straight across, and hopefully. Irad Ortiz can get fairly close to the front, but I think Golden Power will be fairly difficult to beat if he gets out in time. But my, my two each way plays in this, so you better believe it because I, I, I have a bit of a soft spot for this horse. And I think Momos, uh, out of stall seven, I think he could get a blitzing start and, and hopefully go close as well. Yeah, I, I like the cases there. Uh, my only analysis on this race is pure xenophobia, and I want you better to believe it to win because he's from Yorkshire. Are you are you going to tip up a Yorkshire treble of uh, glass slippers, safe voyage, and you better believe it? That sounds absolutely inevitable. <laughs> it, 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 it hadn't come to mind before, but now you've said it, I'm going to pretend that I've been thinking that all week. Uh, so if you better believe it, wins will be celebrating. Uh, Mark Cass has a horse here called Dirty Dangle, and if Momos runs well, Watson will be getting his Dirty Dangle out as well. Well, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at 8.10, it's the Beaners Cup Juvenile Turf. Uh, I do know these horses. Presented by Coolmore over a mile, Battleground 5-1, 5 ahead of Cadillac, 6-1. to one. 
uh, Todd Pletcher's local hospital to Sarbeck, new mandate, 8, Sealyway, 10s, 12 to 1, bar them. I was really taken by Battleground the first part of uh, this season. Not seen him since Glorious Goodwood, but he's the one who I think you look at and think he could be well above average. Yeah, certainly, and uh, his reputation's certainly always been that, uh, obviously being out of art winning found. Uh, she did very well over in America. I know she finished third. Uh, that beautiful clip I saw today, it was Highland Reel's birthday. So we were finishing quickly in third behind him when he led all the way by that inspired Jamie Heffernan ride. But that's one of the best moments in Breeders' Cup history, in my opinion, that ride on, on uh, Highland Reel. Uh, but back to battleground. Got the job done in the vintage stakes. Got the job done in the Ches- uh, in the Cheshire, really. Uh, and I think I, I think that he's got a very very good chance. But I think there's also a lot of very nice runners in this, and that sort of warrants in the price really. The fact that Battleground's five to one, he probably does have the best form of the whole of uh, the English and Irish runners. But I still think there's a bit more pro- progression from a few others from from uh, our side of the waters. Uh, and I think five to one's fair price, but I'm probably going to look to be against Battleground, even though I've been a lot with him this season. Uh, he's a big old warfront colt, and he might just not be nippy enough to get round the sharp turns. Who are you going for then, mate? At the prices, I think New Mandate is an outstanding price. Um I've managed to scoop up a bit of tens, but there's still eights around. Uh, it's mostly gone in 11 to 2 on, uh, is the shortest, but I think that's probably the correct price for him nowadays. Um, I thought I was impressed with his Royal Lodge win. I thought uh, he showed a lot more than I was expecting. I was very much against it, if you remember. Us two were quite keen on Cove uh, to beat him. And I thought he did a slight bit wrong and, and still won impressively. And, and going back to that Flying Scotsman, I think the form of form of that race has, has since been backed up with uh, one ruler going and winning the Autumn Stakes and running well in the Verton Futurity. Um, so I think his form's fairly solid enough. Will he handle the track? I think he will. I think he's he's not as big, but he's he's quite racy, and he's I think he's got a lot of tactical nows around the bend and I think I think it, a favourable draw or two I know a lot of people find that uh, unattractive but I think stall two will be perfect for him because I think Frankie will be looking to sit second or third on the inside rail and uh, hopefully well more than likely there'll be, there'll be a lot of pace coming around the outside of him I can see that I can see that I don't mind Sealy Jim no, I think he's still a slightly underrated the lagger there with him. I know the ground here will be very different. He, he absolutely bolted up last time out. Very consistent prior to that. You know, his form line ties in quite close with Go Atletico, who's here as well. He's 14, Sealy Way 11s. I wouldn't discount the two French runners. Yeah, you certainly couldn't. Um, he, he, he won the lagger very impressively, and Nando Parado. Uh, had run well in the morning and having priced out won the Coventry so the, the form if you read it was impressive I've just got a question Mark was he in more favour of the ground being heavy 
than Nando Parado. And what will he be like on, on quicker ground? We've seen him run on uh, soft, good to soft, more often than not, and not necessarily the, the fast ground. I'm, I'm, I'm presuming it's going to be fast. So they say it's good, good to firm in places at the m- minute uh, at Keeneland. Uh, however, there will be probably water in it. And if there's one of them, well, I've been up for many nights watching the Kentucky Derby and there's been an absolute rainstorm uh, and absolutely Kentucky Derby ran in, in Blackpool Beach conditions. Um, so I think any any rain in the ground will certainly suit Sealaway's chances. Uh, and good luck to Frederick Rossi having his first runner uh, in... Uh, at Keeneland and the Breeders' Cup. What do you know about the local horses, Jim? Moose Sabek was... I, I was impressed by his win last time. Um, there was a serious pace on in the Bourbon Sticks uh, and he was sat last coming around the bend and, and uh, Louis Sides decided to go widest of all down the outside and come with a late finish. I thought that was a really taking performance from the position that he was in. This looks to give Todd Pletcher his second win in the race uh, 10 years after he'd won with Pluck at Churchill. So I, th- I think he's got a very, very good chance in this as well. Whether I rate him as highly as the English runners, I'm not entirely sure. Um, the quicker they go, the better for him. And hopefully he'll get a smoother run than uh, last time. Perfect, mate. Uh, new man that you'll pick then? Yes, new mandate for me. Um, I, I, th- I just think everything's more in his favour, and I'm, I, I think eight to one's an absolute steal if you can still get that. Obviously, it doesn't count if new mandate wins because he's a gelding, and we know it's impossible to be a good racehorse if you're a gelding. Uh, I'm happy enough to go with the two uh, French runners, Celia Wright and Go Athletico, and I'm about to sneeze. <coughs> That's not Jeez. a sneeze. I managed to rescue it into a cough. <laughs> it's not a May COVID I... cough, is it? No, I'll... One of them where I was talking and I could hear it coming and you can hear me wheezing as I try and talk and rescue it. <laughs> try and get my way out of it. I don't know what it was. I just started itching. That were horrible. Uh, there's a juvenile filly uh, on the dirt next Princess Noor. Favourite for that. They're all American horses, so I'm going to move past that. And talk about the Phillies turf at half nine. Aunt Pearl, three to one favourite, five to one Campanelli, six is Plum Alley. Then you get a couple of uh, European horses, Miss Amulet, Mother Earth, 12s, Unadata, 14s, also representing uh, Europe in this race, Nazuna at 28 to one and Snowfall at 40 to one. Is this going to be one back for the Americans, Jim? I, I, I think all the cards are in the favour for Aunt Pearl here. Um, we've seen her run at Keeneland over a mile before and she was absolutely breathtaking when winning that um, the stable's in really good form of Brad Cox uh, she's got plenty of natural pace uh, and like I said she's won over course and distance before uh, a speed figures look good from last time and a, and a draw was favourable as well in five uh, I, I think three to one's a fair enough price if you can still get it short as five to two in some places Um but I think Brad Cox's uh, filly certainly got a good chance. But there's, uh, there's some good horses in behind with Campanelle, who we saw take the money on softest ground and win at Royal Ascot in the Queen Mary. Um, she's, 
she's not done anything wrong so far in the three starts and has been really impressive in what she's done and five to one could look a fair generous price at this moment and uh hopefully she runs well as well um for me though i'm i'm a fan of miss amulet uh i think 12 to one's a, a generous price uh she's well drawn she's proper hardy and tough we've seen her take her racing really well uh, and i think she might stay the distance of a mile i know she's stepping up uh two furlongs uh Sorry, yeah, two furlongs, sorry. Um, I, I think round them bends, it's an easy seven. Uh, I'm not having that it's a mile. Uh, and I think that ah! I think that it will certainly suit her. Uh, I thought the, the jockey booking of Julian Leperot was certainly interesting. A jockey that knows the track well. He's uh, experienced in the weighing room. Uh, and I quite like Ken Condon to finally, uh, well, to get a good one on, on the score sheet and she's she's beat all the good uh, fillies from the UK this season uh, sacred frenetic and she was narrowly denied by alcohol free when coming back up uh, after being a bit running a weird race last time uh, in the Cheveley Park uh, however she's she's uh, stepping up two furlongs now I've always going back to a a, a win at uh, in the Lowther, I thought six was Banker Street. That's exactly what she wanted. But last time uh, made me think maybe she does want the step up in trip. And I think I think the fact that they're going round two bends over a mile at Keeneland will certainly suit. I think she's got plenty of speed, and I think she's got enough stamina over this distance. And hopefully, I think she will run well at, at twelve to one. I think she's fairly priced, and I'd even go as far as say one of my best bets at the meeting. Miss Amulet, each way. Yeah, I, th- I think she's a solid each way price. And th- there's a fair few runners in. Uh, I think there's 16, so hopefully some people will be offering four places. Aunt Pearl, like this with it all for you? Yeah, I, I think Aunt Pearl could be a bit special. But uh, of the English runners, I think Miss Amulet's probably uh, going to be the best, well, Irish runner. I was going to say, Ken Condon would not be an happy man. You, cl- you claiming uh, him for us there, Jim. Jesus Christ, that's the way to offend a lot of people. We're all, we're all the same at the Breeders' Cup. I'll, I'll just let that one hang there for a minute. <laughs> just in case we have any Irish listeners. Uh, it's James Watson's opinion that not Turf Talk Pod or Lewis Tomlinson's. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Jackie's Warrior 74. Fab for that. Uh, that's the last race on the Friday. Moving on to the Saturday, where of course Keeneland plays second fiddle to Wincanton in the in the mind of everyone, right thinking. Uh, the filly and mare sprints is gamine. Look to get her, her season back on track after really properly flopping last time out in the Kentucky Oaks. She's up against Serengeti Empress, who's been a good horse in America for a year or two. The Breeders' Cup turf sprint, Jim, in premise, five to one five. Uh, Leinster also 5 to 1, 11 to 2, got Stormy, 7's Glass Slippers, 10's Alexandra, then you're looking at 14 to 1, bar them. Also in there for Europe is Equilateral at 20 to 1. Does he get in now? He was the reserve um, from when I last looked, but he must have got in. Probably, there. no, he probably is down there as a reserve because I think that's what happened with Snowfall as well. Yeah. I think. I think they limit it at 40 and Snowfall's a reserve. 
Right. Eric Quattrall's down here at 15, so yes, he would need one to come out if that's the way things are working. Uh, I don't know, though. You'll know more than me. <laughs> In premise, Jim, he came to Europe, didn't he? That's the name I recognise. He sure did. He came in 2019 for the King's Stand and he didn't run horrendously. Finished sixth. Are you that familiar with what he's done since then? Yeah, I've gone back on his farm and uh, he was tried over five furlongs mostly when he came back from England and this season on on his latest start we saw him step up to six. Um, He got up in the shadows of the post and I think that six to one, uh, six to one, sorry. I think that six furlong suited him a lot more than uh, than the normal five furlong. So stepping back down in trip here um, is not necessarily a positive, in my opinion. Um, however, I, I, I certainly wouldn't rule him out. I think he's got some of the best form in this race, uh, and probably the most likely danger to the uh, the the white rose horse of glass slippers who uh, we know an awful lot about finished second in the Abbey and ran a lot uh, with a lot of credit from a horrendous draw uh, she'd previously won uh, the flying five uh, on good ground uh, and I've always been of the opinion that she's a lot better on softer but we've seen her run some cracking efforts on on good ground before so um, th- there's positives for her there uh, I think star six is favourable uh, the English don't necessarily have a very good record in this. Uh, however, it's nice to see that an English sprinter's going over the waters to try and take some of on. It would have been lovely to see uh, Batash in this. Uh, sadly, we we haven't seen we won't see him in it. Uh, but I think Glass Slippers is a is a worthy challenger to to the others. Uh, I mean, it's it's not a race that I'm necessarily as strong on glass slippers is I'll just probably be shouting for her um, however I think she's got a decent chance and 7 to ones, a, a tad generous Where would you be looking at for the winner then Jim? Uh, I, I, was, I, I was impressed with Got Stormy last time uh, I, I know it was a, a grade 3 fillies and, and she's stepping up here uh, but over course and distance uh, I was impressed with uh, what Mark Cass uh, has done with her. Um, she was towards the back coming off the bend uh, and found an electric turn of foot to get home on the outside. Um, she normally had been running over six and, and she just... Well, she had well, not, not even that, Jim. She's a miler, really. Yeah. <laughs> she ran over seven on the debut and then has run at a mile every time since January 2018 until the last two starts where they converted her back to a sprinter. She, she was a miler up until September. Yeah, and uh, you saw that uh, her win last time, she just got up in, in time to get up on the line and certainly a strongly run five furlongs clearly, clearly suits her. Uh, and I'd, I'd certainly respect her in, in the betting and... I think that she's probably got the the best chance out of, of, of the American ones, in my opinion. Yeah, I was about to ask as to whether if Got Stormy wins this, it makes Mark Cass a genius or an absolute Egypt for campaigning this horse over a mile for so long. But she has won grade ones over a mile. 
Um, so it probably makes him a genius if he can win five furlong grade ones with her as well. Again, I, I have very little to add. And I, I'm familiar we've got Stormy. I'm familiar, briefly familiar with Imprimis. Obviously, you know a lot about glass slippers. I wouldn't be able to uh, adequately weave those farm lines together. So it'll be fun for me to cheer on home Yorkshire horse, hopefully. Uh, come on, glass slippers. <laughs> I agree. Let's go, girl. Uh, the 618 at Keeneland is the big ass fans. Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Stupid name. We'll move straight on. <laughs> uh, the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Turf. Uh, Russian 4 7 to 2 favourite. 8 Peaceful and Mean Mary. 10 Terrabellum. 14 Starship Jubilee. And Cayenne Pepper. 14 to 1. But them. Jim you say couple of European chances in here. Peaceful, Terrabellum and Cayenne Pepper. Yeah. Or Dyer as well for James Fanshawe, obviously. Yeah, don't, don't forget her um, who PCB gets aboard. Um, you've got to certainly give the chances to Peaceful in this. Um, I'd put a line through her Sun Chariot form. Um, something just was amiss from the start and... Uh, maybe the softer ground wasn't necessarily in her favour even though we'd seen her run well on that uh, previously or t- over a couple of starts ago sorry uh, a second behind Champers Elise in the matron stakes was was a good performance and uh, we saw that a stepping back down to a mile uh, having previously run in the Pre de Diane over a mile and two was she was certainly more of a miler, um, obviously being, winning the 1,000 guineas. Um, she, it was clear to see that she replaced, re- reversed the form with Fancy Blue. Um, well, do you think Peaceful's an out-and-out miler? I think so, yeah. But I wouldn't be worried that the fact that she's running over a mile and one here. No, and I don't. I, I'd have 10 as a trip. Yeah. I, I know her form's better at a mile so far. But I'd, I'd expect that in the fullness of time, we might see her end up seeing her when she retires at a horse who showed her best form at 10 furlongs. Yeah, because you'd normally think with the sort of career that she had as a two-year-old, that she's running over a mile as a two-year-old, that stepping up in trip would be more up her street. But um, I'm pretty sure of the opinion that I think she'll be a better miler. Uh, yeah. And Jim, Jim can, can I put this to you now before you carry on, mate, while I'm still on peaceful? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, far away. Was the Diane the deepest classic this season in Europe? Or the Ooh. best classic? Fancy Bluebeat in Alpine Star, Peaceful and Rabbit. Is that better than better form than any other classic? It's better than our Oaks. Yes. Is it better than the Derby? Is it better than the Guineas? Oh. You'd certainly have to put it up there, wouldn't you? Um, Alpine Star had been beaten by Palace Pier and Tanawa uh, subsequently, and that's rock-solid form. Rabiar was fifth in the arc, having been second to Tanawa. So, yeah, you'd certainly chuck it into the equation, wouldn't you? It's not very often that you could say that, but I, I think there's a genuine case for the pre down being the best classic it ran in Europe this season, which... I know it's 2020, but it's a bit of a mad one even for that. Uh, sorry, mate. Carry on. 
No, and I, I, I understand. I've never really thought about the depth of the pre de Dion, but um, it goes to show that it was fairly strong this year. Um, but I think Peace will certainly go into this race with a good chance. Um, the other English runner is Terra Bellum. Um, she was, I'd say, was slightly disappointed with the uh, with the uh, Sun Chariot. Um, she just didn't look the same. And at the start of the season, I, I was a massive fan of this horse over a mile and two. Um, and then I was of great shock when she was stepped down two furlongs in the Queen Anne, but she ran a cracker there. Uh, and I probably thought she should have won the Falmouth, but maybe she just had too much racing too quickly, having previously we'd seen her. Um, she'd had a lot of runs, but there were months and uh, two months between each performance. Uh, maybe she didn't take to that, but she, she's come back for this autumn campaign. Um, a mile and one. I think will suit her more than a mile. I, I don't think she's got an awful lot of speed. Uh, I said at the start of the season I'd be disappointed if she won't win a Grade One by the end of the year, and this is sort of her last chance saloon. And oh, otherwise, they bring her back as a five-year-old to try and make her a, a, a graded, uh, a, a graded mare. I, hopefully, that they can give, give a good running. Uh, I think she's got a chance at tens. I think a lot of the English horses have been favourable by the draw. Um, she's in seven, Peaceful in three, uh, say Kay and Pepper's in 14. Um, but I think that there's there's bits and pieces of Peaceful and Terrabellum's form that chucks them right up there. Um, rushing fall beat Mean Mary last time, who also uh, rivaled here. Um, that was over... Uh, a mile and one at Saratoga. She'd previously rushing forward one at Keeneland uh, over a mile. Uh, I, I think it's understandable why she's favourite, and uh, and I do think that the UK horses have to step up to go past her. Um, but I wouldn't quite rule them out. I think I think Terra Bellum could be the better uh, each way at a price. Uh, KM Pepper's being drawn in the car park, which isn't necessarily a positive. Um, she likes to go forward in her races, so. Um, it's it'd be interesting to see what Shane Foley does with her. And if you cast your minds back to a few years ago, uh, Sister Charlie was winning the Beverly D stakes and winning everything, beating the former British horses in uh, Mississippi and uh, Awesome Tank. And if you even go far enough back, she beat Rushing Fall. Uh, Rushing Fall's been a revelation since coming back this season as a five-year-old. So Sister Charlie, she... she finds any more of her old form, she, she'd have a chance after being probably disappointed behind uh, me, Mary and Rushing Fall, even though they've been on a bit of a roll this season. So where are you landing, pal? I'm going to go Terra Bellum each way. I, I, th- I think 10 to 1 is a fair enough price. Nice draw. She's had a break. She's been freshened up. And I think she might outrun her odds. I can see that. I can see that. He's, he's a fascinating race because I watched the Mean Mary. Her win at. It might have actually been the Diana, or was it when she won at Belmont? I have watched one of her races and she, she looked like a very, very tidy filly that day. Uh, Cayenne Pepper is interesting because she's. Uh, I don't want to say I've, I've found a disappointing this season. Maybe a little bit frustrating. You know, she's been so consistent. Runner-up in the Irish Oaks. 
got the job the last time out in the Blanford. I wouldn't rule her out at 12 to 1. You know, she's a really, really good filly. She's a horse I've got a lot of time for, and I, I guess when I say I found her frustrated, it'd be because I'd have thought she'd have won a grade one. This time, as a, from what she showed as a two year old, I'd have thought she'd have been a top class middle distance filler. This could be the one for her. I won't rule it out. You know, the, the form of getting very close to Tanawa at Cork in August looks really, really decent now. I hope she goes well for Jesse Harrington, but like I said, I don't have too much of a, a grasp on the American form to her, uh, say where I expect her to do compared to theirs. At four points bigger than Peaceful, though, wouldn't put you off. Wouldn't put you off. Uh, the Breeders' Cup Sprint is the next race. Yao Pon, unbeaten for Stephen Asmussen, is the favourite there. The Breeders' Cup Mile, this is a good one. Kamiko, 7-2 favourite, ahead of Uni at 11-2. to 8-1, Ivor. 10's Raging Bull, then 12's Siskin. Same price for Master, but she's ruled out. 14th, Circus Maximus, Digital Army, Halliday, and the safe Voyage Barmy Army. Uh, Low P. Fernandez, an Order of Australia, also in for Aidan O'Brien, and I assume Order of Australia is a reserve. Looking at the numbering. I think Nick Walk tweeted to say that uh, Order of Australia is in now. In now, yeah, because of a uh, well, master, obviously. Yeah. Bit slow of me. Uh, Jim Camico. Deserved his win last time. He did. Uh, and I thought it was probably a better performance than when he won the Guineas. Um, carrying that penalty uh, against a, a solid Group 1 horse in Ben Battle. All of that, he may, may have lacked a bit of fitness, but he showed a gritty side to him that I, I liked in Camico, and I didn't think he had in him. I thought he was becoming a bit of a soft horse. Uh, we've seen him travel with a lot of Zest in the Sussex Stakes, and he never got a gap, never got the kick on, and and, and we saw him travel well enough in the Judmont, and he he, he was outstayed. So obviously, going over a mile here, it will suit him. Uh, it's a sharp mile. He's got plenty of speed, and obviously being out kittens joy, uh, everything will certainly be in his favour. Mile, good ground, round bend, everything seems to be in his favour, but. Uh, the UK and Irish trained runners have a horrendous record in this. One win out of the last sixteen, uh, out of the last sixteen years in in, in this race, uh, and it seems to be that the 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 if you're drawn higher in this, it seems to be a lot well, it seems to be a lot favourable in recent times. But um, it's eight, eight, there's there's a half chance. So eight. Stalls 8 to 11 in the last 16 years have won eight times. Uh, but uh, half of them have been in the recent time and half of them hasn't. So stall twos, I'm not necessarily full of enjoyment for Kamiko. Um, I think that he'll have to be on his bottle fairly early on. I know he breaks very, very well because he is a bit, he knows what's going on and uh, he's not a, a daft horse. But I just feel like he might get bullied by a few in this. Um, I think. Uni won the race last year, uh, last year for Chad Brown and seemed to have been built up for a, a strong campaign uh, to win it again this year. Um, we saw him win at Keeneland in a grade one last time. Um, 
over the course and distance. I think he certainly got a very good chance. And we've seen that US horses have won the last 11 uh, out of 16 renewals of this race. So and I, I respect Chad Brown's uni. Uh, I know he's six and we sort of know where she, sorry, where she stands. Uh, however, you certainly couldn't underestimate her. Uh, I'm hoping Jerry, Jerry Hannon is going to be on the commentary for this race to, to shout Raging Bull when, uh, he's <laughs> flying down the outside in, in his beautiful voice of just Raging Bull! Raging Bull! Uh, and the other English runners, Siskin, uh, I certainly think the track will suit him. I certainly think the ground will suit him. I think he's a fascinating runner, but I couldn't be backing him at 12 to 1, in my opinion. I know, I know he won the Irish one, uh, Irish 2000, sorry, but all of it, I were a, not a very good renewal. Uh, I thought he ran with a fair enough amount of credit in the Sussex, but just didn't have that extra to kick on in the end. Um, and the soft ground sort of blunted his speed in the Mulan. And uh, I, I was disappointed. It was an off day for him. Um, and I, I can't put my finger down to anything else for Siskin on that. So we'll need to bounce back to win this. But there's nothing more I'd like to see to top off July and season to, than is to run well here. And of course, the Turf Talk pods, one of their favourite flat horses is Safe Voyage. And you certainly couldn't rule him out here. He's going global now. Um, having started his career off at Pontefract, he's now running at sunny Keeneland, which is the complete opposite to Pontefract. Um, his form this season has been arguably as good as ever. His second to Space Voyage at the start of the season was good, as we've seen. Space, Space Blue, sorry, Space Blues, uh, not safe, Space Voyage. I've, I've merged the two together there. Um, and he showed good form at Epsom over seven. Uh, we saw him win over a mile in the boomerang. That's a left-handed bend. We've seen him. He's got good form around the bend, as we've seen. Uh, I think that's certainly in his favour. I think if he can get out of stall six, get rolling, I think they'll go a fast enough pace in this. I think there's a lot of pace on. And I, I think he should sit second or third just behind him. Uh, I don't think he necessarily has to lead. And he was coming back, coming back at the end last time uh, in the uh, I've lost the race. Coming back in the foray last time. Sorry, uh, I just don't think they went quick enough in the foray for him, and he sort of developed into a sprint, and he sort of struggled to to go. And maybe he's more now of now of the days that he's seven furlong days, and maybe going and up to a mile will suit. This is this will be a quick, fast seven and a half furlongs. I'm going to call it, and I, I, you certainly couldn't rule him out. I'd love him to run an outstanding race, and fourteen to one for a horse that I followed since his early days is something I'd love to see. And I hope he runs well and comes back safe. Yeah, I'd, I'd, look, I'll be cheering safe voyage home. We absolutely love him on this podcast. He's had such a fantastic season. Improved better than ever at the age of seven this year. He, look, he, he'll require a career best. He'll require a career best, but only by a couple of pounds. He's not out of it. He's definitely not out of finishing the first uh, the first three. Siskin for, as Jim said, English trainer Joe Lyons. Uh, <laughs> We're all the same. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not far from County me, me sen, mate. Uh, <laughs> I can just see County Kildare out my window. Oh, aye. Uh, no, Siskin, look, the Mulan was a strange race. A very strange race. And before that, his form is very good. He looked like the best horse in the Sussex until Mahaffa did. Travelled his way through. Arguably, yeah, maybe a little bit disappointing that he didn't quite hold on to second. But he, tra- he travelled like a horse with a lot of ability. Turn the taps on. I think a, I think a Ben Brown deer is by a US sire in first defence. Whether this might see Siskin back at his best. <laughs> Look, him at 12, Kamiko at 72. I don't think there should be that disparity in the price. I really don't think there should be that disparity in the price. And hopefully... It'll be another one on the board for England. <laughs> for the UK. Sorry, we get carried away. It's not in the UK either, Jim. Well, we're, <laughs> we're together. <laughs> the, area, the area around the UK. Ireland. Ireland is a separate independent sovereign nation. Uh, please, please send all abuse to Watson. Uh, what do you make of Circus Maximus, Jim? We really like him. He's, he's ran here last season, obviously. Got a chance. Fourth in the race, wasn't he? Um, he certainly has. He, he has a chance whenever he turns up. Arguably, he was most disappointing last time. Um, and it, it was quite sad to see him weaken so quickly. Uh, he's been a horse that has been a sort of standing dish of this division for the last couple of years. And I hope he runs well, but I'll be more cheering him on just because he's Circus Maximus, not because I'll be betting on him. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Uh, the Breeders' Cup distaff. Monomoy Girl takes on Swiss Skydiver there. That should be a really good race. I know about both of them. Their uh, Swiss Skydiver was really, really impressive. Uh, won the Peakness, beating Authentic. Obviously, the Kentucky Derby winner. Monomoy Girl, still unbeaten after eight starts in her career. Looking forward to watching that one. At 9.33, uh, it's the Breeders' Cup turf. And Ireland, Ireland have the first three in their betting. Magical at 11 to 4, 7 to 2 for Tanawa. And big fat mogul. He'll fit right in in America. Uh, 7 to 1 Lord North. 11's Channel Maker. 12's United, which used to be a decent uh, hurdling filly for Nicky Henderson, I think, in the Punjabi colours back in the day. This isn't her, obviously. Uh, Madai, 20 to 1. Uh, and Donja is another. European representative coming over from Germany. Uh, that, that'll be a good laugh. Magical, Jim. I mean, what did you make of them running the champion last time? Slightly disappointed? Yeah, of course, you, you have to be. Um, the race just didn't really go her way, really, did it? And never really got a gap when uh, she required. It sort of, Ryan went to go up the inside uh, and the, the door was sort of shut by Serpentine. Um, 
Adair had got a free run on the out. I wouldn't say a free run, but a, a clearer run. And by the time that Magical got out, Scaletti and Adair had gone and the bird had flown. I think Ryan looked after her in the end once he knew she wasn't going to win. Uh, do I think she would have caught up to him anyway on a full-out more drive? No, I don't. Uh, Adair was always going to find more. And I, th- I think it was a disappointment having beaten Gayar in the champion, but I feel like this race could go more in her favour. Right, so he's, I mean, if you were, we, we, we kind of know that, uh, how it works at Ballydoyle, is that Moore doesn't really pick himself, but if you could have the pick of Magical or Mogul, who would you be on? I'd be on Magical. Is she the one they have to beat? Oh, definitely, I think. Uh, the thing with Magical is a uh, performance when she come over to Churchill and she finished an agonising three and a quarter length behind the navel. She ran that, that was arguably one of her best performances. Um, we've seen her run with credit over, over in this country. She's obviously, she knows what to do when she goes abroad, which is always a positive. And, I think that she's, she has the clear form standard in this. Second to Gayarth, beat Gayarth. She's got the best form in the race. She's bumped into a naval many, many times. She's had a lovely prep for this season. Uh, I think it was all down... Uh, it, the prepping of this season was all down for the champion stakes and it didn't go our way. This is certainly not a last-chance gasp uh, to, before we see her uh, go to the breeding shed. She's certainly got a chance, and I think the fact that Ryan Moore's riding magical is a positive. I'd much rather be riding magical than Big Fat Mogul. Yeah, when I initially looked at this field, my first thought was kind of, can I get magical beat with one of the European horses? And I didn't. At the end, I kind of came to the conclusion of, nah, she's very, very, very solid. Yeah, and Aidan O'Brien does have a very good record in this. Four of the last nine runnings have gone to him. Um, and them four have all been ridden uh, by Ryan. I respect Big Fat Mogul, though, Jim. Oh, yeah, of course, you have to. It, it was really, really good last time out. Showed, actually showed a turn of foot. And that was probably the best middle-distance three-year-old cult performance in Europe this season Arguably, Inswoop's winning the arc up there, but he, he beat Inswoop, you know, in the Grand Prix de Paris. I prefer him over Tanawa, who has done nothing wrong this season. But I, I just fractionally think Mogul might have a little bit more to come. You know, Edno O'Brien has said it's taken a bit of a while to get to him. Up I'd in trip. I'd have to disagree with you there. Oh, go on. I think Tanawa. Uh, has shown another side to her this season and I think this race would be nice to have a, as, a, as a bit of a crowning glory because she's sort of been forgotten about since uh, well she wasn't well fancied to run in the to run well in the Oaks when she was well down the field behind Anna Perna but since then it's been a rebuilding process and she has disappointed in grade ones before as a three year old but since coming back this season she's beaten everything that she, she's been put in front of her and they've not been Donkeys, uh, we saw her beat Alpine Star 
last time when we said that that form of the Prix de Diane was one of the strongest of the of the whole season of of three year olds and I think she might take a bit of I think it would be nice to see her take on Magical here because we've never seen him face off before but I think she'll give her a race you know That's a fascinating one mate that really is there's not loads between the three of them there's not loads between the three of them uh, Lord North steps up in trip. He was really bad in the Champions Stakes last time out. What do you make of him over a mile four? Um, I'm, I'm not necessarily in the camp of that. I, I think he's got. I thought. I think a mile and two is his trip. Um, however, if you go back to the start of the season when he ran in the Brigadier Gerard, he, he kept finding him a bit more every time uh, Alarcan come for him. So I wouldn't quite rule it out. A mile and four being uh, not as favourable. Sharp jackal suit, like I've said, for a lot of them uh, with the step up in trip. I think you'll be able to get away with a mile and four on here. Uh, and I've never been Lord North's greatest fan. I don't think I will be. But if he wins, I'll still be happy. An interesting point you said about Mogul that you think they're just finding the bottom of him. Did you watch the Pierre Charles Boudot documentary on Sky Sports? I've got it recorded. I'd, I'd strongly advise that anyone listening to this watches it because... It's fascinating. Edna O'Brien's on the phone and they, and they play the recorded clip to PCB while he's talking about it. Talking about Mogul going into the, uh, going into the Grand Prix de Paris. And he's saying that he doesn't want to see daylight too soon. So keep him tucked up for as long as possible. Keep him in as long as you can and then press the button as if they don't want him to hit the front too soon and he'd be green. And I, I thought, Looking, listening to that, and then watching the race back again, he kept him covered up for plenty enough, but he gave him enough time out in front and kept him uh, out there, and he, he kept galloping, didn't show any temperament issues for me. Um, so it was fascinating that Aidan thinks that because I'd never really said that Mogul was not a genuine, but needs covering up for as late as possible. Um, but he did blitz the field last time, and you've certainly got to give Mogul a chance as well. Yeah, of the US types, Jim, the shortest price of theirs is Channel Maker coming here off the back of two grade one wins. I watched when he was third in the Bowling Green Stakes at Saratoga at the start of August. I sat down and I watched the American racing that night. And that to me solidified how stupid their interference rules were. Because the best horse in that race was a horse called Sadler's Joy. And he was like, the most minor interference. You know, he didn't stay in his lane. It wasn't the difference between winning or losing. It was convincingly the best horse in that race. And he ended up finishing fourth due to the stewards. Channel makers turned the tables with him the last twice, though. Uh, winning at Saratoga and Belmont. He's also, like I mentioned, United at 12-1. to 1. He won a grade two last time out at Santa Anita. Do you know anything about the local horses? I don't know an awful lot. I, I, most of my form for this race is, is English. Uh, I think Medaille will run out, outrun her odds at 20s. I, I was impressed with what she did last time uh, in the Phillies and Mares. Um, she stepped up two furlongs in trip, even though she'd, we'd seen her mostly over a mile and two, and she had run over a mile and four and won uh, in a group two over the distance. Um, however, I, I think she might outrun her odds for Gosden. Fair enough, mate. The last one we're going to talk about, Jim, is, I guess, the biggest one of the weekend, the Breeders' Cup Classic. 
Tis the law and improbable three to one on joint favourite six is authentic and maximum security seven to one Tom's data then twenty five to one bar then this is really just all the big names of American middle distance racing, isn't it? Yeah, and it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. You've got um, you've got the uh, the Travis Stakes winner uh, in Tis the Law. You've got Improbable, who won the Awesome Again Stakes, beating Maximum Security. Uh, you've got Authentic, who won the uh, Kentucky Derby, but was beaten in the Preakness. It's a fascinating renewal. I've got to be honest, mate, I don't, I'm not familiar enough with them, even though I recognise all the names and go, oh, I know that's one of the best horses in America. I don't know enough about them or their form to have a judgment. So this is going to be entirely you. Well, don't put too much pressure on me. Um, but Bob Baffert does have a very good record in this race and he saddles uh, the first three of the first four in the market here. Uh, he's won three of the last six renewals. Uh, his four-year-olds have a better uh, record in this uh, than his three-year-olds. And I'm going to be looking to take the Baffert trio on with Tis the Law. I I think his price is a bit gone now. He was five. I I think I got five to one the other day, which I thought was a generous price. Um, He ran with a lot of credit in the Kentucky Derby, I thought. I thought he got out well. And I just think he got out-battled in a long home straight against a horse that was clearly a lot more primed for the race in comparison to him. It, I think he's been a bit of a hostage to fortune of the season, being all squiggledy or all of the wrong way around. Um, I don't think he was stopping. I think he was slightly coming back at the end uh, of the uh, Kentucky Derby. And I think now he's had a bit of a break. We, we didn't see him. Uh, we haven't seen him since, which I don't think is a negative. Um, he's obviously been prepped for this race and the price has gone and I'm slightly disappointed that it is now but because I was hoping it might stay up but I, I think I think Tis the Law's got a very very good chance uh, Maximum Security is known for well being controversial in all sorts of ways um, we've seen him win uh, the Saudi Cup and chucked out the Kentucky Derby and it's it's not been an easy path for maximum security to get a decent reputation but uh, I think he's probably where I'll be landing to if Tis the Law is going to get beat I know um, Authentic did beat him last time but I was disappointed with Authentic's performance in the Preakness and I thought all the things were in his favour that day um, but I, I think maximum security's got the best form of the older horses in this and I know that he was second uh, behind Improbable last time. Uh, however, I just feel like nothing really went his way in the race. And maybe uh, if he breaks better and gets a bit closer to the pace, he'll, he'll run more to his odds. Before we move on to the proper stuff, Jim, then, what is the best bet of the Beatles Cup? Best bet of the Breeders' Cup. Um, I'm going to say new mandate at, if you can get eight, new mandate. And I'm going to say Miss Amulet. Miss Amulet and new mandate each way double. It's my best bet. 
Go on, Jim. We'll have an each way double. We like that. Jump in time now. Uh, we're going to start at Wincanton. Uh, the Unibet Elite Hurdle is at 3 o'clock. 6-5 Fav, Soul Royal. 11-4 Solo. 5's Diego Ducharme. 8's Master Debonair. And 33-1 outside is Brandon Castle and Takane. Jim, before I saw the mark for this, I was leaning into thinking I think Soul Royal wins. I'm not sure whether I'd have had him as short as 6-5. to five. But he is the one to beat. Yeah, we saw his Welsh champion hurdle uh, win. That was impressive enough, giving the field uh, a fair enough beating. And what was an interesting renewal of that race, there was a few nice horses in behind. Um, Last season, we saw him end his season in the champion chase. He was disappointing there, uh, even though the race fell apart. Um, He was second in the Kingwell at Wincanton last Last season, um, I'm, I'm not quite sure where I stand with Saw Royal. I think I think he's the solid form chance, but I, I'm still willing to give Solo and, and and horses like him and Master Debonair another go. Yeah, Master Debonair's one. I've seen a couple of people on Twitter mention him as a potential a left field champion hurdle contender. He'll have to be winning this if he's good enough, though. Yeah, certainly and. Um, we saw his form as a, as a novice. He won the Supreme uh, Novice Trial, what used to be the Kennel Gate, uh, beating Ribble Valley and McFabulous that day. So the, the form's fairly solid enough. He, he was slightly disappointed in uh, that novice hurdle at Ascot. I think it was a decent enough race. I know there was only four runners, um, but I, I do think that uh, nothing really went his way that way. He, he, he led, but he didn't jump very well. Never was really travelling. And John Joe was always niggling uh, at him to, to sort of at his, fence, uh, at his hurdles, which we don't often see. Um, so something was obviously amiss. He's been off since then. Um, we've seen him run, well, fresh previously. Uh, and I think that he, he's got a chance at eights, but it's not, a, it's not a strong fancy. I like Solo more than I like him. Uh, you have to be impressed with his Adonis win. Uh, absolutely blitz the field. Uh, and then... In the triumph, he was just flat, wasn't he? And it's always a bit of a hype from the Adonis that uh, always a, a horse runs well in the triumph that runs well in that race. And it would just never seem to be on on the go. And I think he looked a bit slightly one-paced. That would be, probably be more worry here around Wincanton. Uh, Paul Nichols, very good record at Wincanton. Uh, he's been gelded. He's got another year. And he, from what I've heard from a Paul Nichols interview the other day, he's grown even more. Uh, and I think he's an interesting four-year-old going into this race. I think 11 to four is a, a, a fair price. He was 13 to two uh, during the other week, but obviously Goshen not turning up, taking a fair chunk out of the market. Fair enough, mate. Yeah, the two, the two Johnny Della Hay horses are interesting ones in this because obviously Diego de Charmel has been switched back to hurdles on his last two starts. I don't quite have him as the winner of this solo. It's fascinating, though. I was all over him for the triumph. I was really, really impressed. And I'm not normally a man who, like I said, buys into the Adonis hype. His form, I'm generally quite wary of that entire Kempton meeting. In fact, is one I, you know, I tend to take with a bit of a pinch of salt, especially going forward to Cheltenham. But I was so taken with solo that I just thought, nope, 
this is what I've got to overlook my doubts about Kepton. This is a monster. And I was just, you know, I was a little bit gutted, really, at Cheltenham that he, he never was in the race. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be wanting to back him off the back of that because I don't know how good he is. And when you don't, when you personally can't accurately describe how good you think a horse is, then it becomes hard for you to put a price on them. And at 11 to 4, nah, not sure. Uh, boring, but I think Solo should win. Yeah, I understand. I'm, I'm going to look to take him on with Solo. The Badger Beer Silver Trophy chase at 3.35 is the big handicap of the weekend. Uh, 11 to 2, Danny Wiesbang. 6 is Present Man. 8 El Presente. 9 Champagne Court and Justice Dean. 10 My Way. 12 Potterman, Sun Chaos and Sizing at Midnight. 14 to 1. Bar them. Have you got a selection in this, pal? It's boring, but it's Danny Wisbank. Uh, he had good novice form last season, third behind, third in the Corto Star. He was third in the Reynolds Town, and probably slightly disappointing in my opinion. But back in, into a handicap here um, for the first time, and I, I think I think he's got a decent chance. He's entered in the intermediate. Uh, on, on the Sunday at Sandown, the Santini slowboat race. Uh, he's had wind surgery. He's likely race seven-year-old. I think Marco 145 is fair enough. I don't think he's thrown in, but I think he could be the best horse in this race. I'm not sure I'm with you on Danny Wisbank. You've never been a fan of him, really, have you? I've, I think his, his win at Newbury was a race that absolutely fell apart because he was the only one who jumped. Yeah. And then the next, his next two runs, the Reynolds Town is finished third of three finishers. The Cottle Star is finished third of four finishers. The one behind him being Jarvis Plate, who's been massively regressive since, and he's now rated eight pounds lower than he was on that day. Again, for me, hard horse to describe how good I think he is. Hard horse to be. The thing I have in my head with Danny's brain is I think he's a real boat. I think he's a Welsh national type. So will the Badger Dale suit him then? It could do. It could do because the, the evidence is very, very limited. And the evidence we have is hard enough to quantify as it is, which makes me want to look to be against him as a favourite. This isn't saying that Danny Wisbank could be a good a good chase of cost. One four five could end up being better. He's got wind surgery. But I, I just felt he looked a little bit last season. A little, you know, just very paceless. You know. As, as paceless as Battle Over Dying. We'll, we'll, we'll get on to that. We'll get on to that. Uh well, again, as Jim mentioned, I could be entirely wrong. I could be entirely wrong. And you know what? I would, I'd have been keener on Danny Wiesbank than I would have been on Battle of the Dying. And look, look how that ended up. <laughs> uh, but there is one here. There is a horse in this who I, who I feel is still well enough handicapped. Uh, it's last year's fourth, Jim. Just a sting. Who is only a pound higher the money won this last season. Uh, won when he won? When yeah. He got 
Sorry, I mean when he won last season and was fourth oh, in this. Sorry. Same mark. He won at Kempton the start after uh, on Desert Orchid Day. Look, he's just a horse I've kind of had in my head for a while that he's got he's got one of these in him. Arguably disappointing in the Kim you have pulled up. But I don't think I don't think the sort of over the top big field of the Kim you was a real stamina test, didn't it? I don't you think know? that's necessarily up his street. No, me neither. I, I think he won't say Kempton three miles. Yeah. You know, and don't let me wrong, Wing Canton's a track that takes staying. You know, it takes jumping as well. That that that's the number one thing you have to do at Wing Canton. I, I just worry. I just hope that there's a little bit more ability than one, one three five in there with just the sting. The case for present man is obvious. What a race he won last time at uh, at Chepstow, that veterans event where he got up to beat Dancing Shadow and Cross Park, the best race I've seen all year. Obviously won this race uh, two years ago and three years ago. Loves it round the track. Still clearly in good heart. Only ten. Seems like the case is clear. And El Presente, winner of three of his last four, made hay in the summer. He was good last time out as well, winning at Hereford in a novice handicap. But he beat a horse I don't like. My eye, Charlie. And again, I'm I'm wary of form lines and horses, especially being uh, risen. He was one that off one four seven. He's now off one four two, and I'm just a little bit wary as to how much the form of beating a horse. Why I think he's a dodge pot is worth. <laughs> Fair point. You know, I'm, I'm I'm not sure. I think I have Charlie is a has more ability than his mark of one two seven. But I think he's I don't think he's that hard to beat if that makes sense. I am, but to be fair, I've had the same problem with Cool Langley for years, and he won last time out. <laughs> and they're both they're, they're both Fergals, aren't they? It's so, not like you got you've not got a problem with Fergal O'Brien's horses. No, I love Fergal O'Brien. Just two horses in his yard that. I've, I've, I'm just not. I don't don't really have much time for. You, you didn't have choice yeah. words for Jarvis Plate either. Jarvis is sound. Jarvis is sound. He's just going backwards. Uh, I don't. I don't ever think he gets himself beat. No. Whereas I think the other two do. Uh, Champagne Court's in this for Jeremy Scott as well. He warmed up uh, in the Potemps qualifier uh, last time out at Cheltenham. Quite a decent. Novice Chaser last season finished eighth in the Northern Trust, fifth in that uh, time form chase on Trials Day. The formats worked out really well with the likes of Simply the Bets and Imperial Aura. First time over three miles over fences. He's interesting. Trust I can see why they're trying this, but I'm not convinced it'll work. I can see why they're going for free, but he doesn't scream it to me. Uh, just a sting, though, mate. He's, he's a horse I am semi keen on, just in terms of the one who I look at, and I think I hope you're better than your mark. I think he screams up to me. Maybe not the easiest to catch right, can make errors, but I don't think there's many others in this 
who I can say the same about. So he's a tentative selection. And for me, Danny Wisbang. Yeah, final point on the Badger. On the Badger, B is not usually the Ales. I always call it the Badger Ales. Uh, is Kustar Simulas back after a year off? Nice to see him on the track. Quick rattle through Aintree, Jim, because there's some good racing there. Uh, there's a Potemps qualifier. Mr. Scrumpy heads a bet in there for Jed O'Keefe. Portrush Ted, who I really hope he's a horse better than 139. Uh, second fav there, nice race, Mohayed. Uh, you know how we, you know what I mean, Harry. All familiar names in there. There's the two ten, which is a handicap over two and a half miles. Benny's kin, fav for the skeletons, eleven to two. Delia Destreval, six is cool. Mix seven, Springtown Lake, fifteen to two. Modus and Drumcliff for JP. Uh, but Aintree's best race of the of the weekend is the two forty. Tidy, tidy race. Smart horses running over two and a half miles. Five to two, Joint Faust, Call Me Lord and Thomas Darby. Three to one, Somerville Boy and Chitty Vello. Fourteen's Navajo Pass. And then a hundred to one for Dean On, who was a horse this time last year I thought might make him to a really nice chaser. He's now with Mark Campion after Elliot got rid. Uh, he's gone so backwards. Good races, Jim, and, and I'm quite keen on Somerville Boy. Yeah, you, you'd understand why. Are you deserting Thomas Darby, your boy? I am. I think some of our boys better than him. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I'd have to agree. Uh, I thought his fifth in the States hurdle was good. Um, his second to Paisley Park prior to that, and uh, you understand why. And then you chuck in his Relkio win, which Roxana since won. We saw the win the West Yorkshire, so farm solid. Uh, you have to respect him. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very keen on some little boy to win. I, 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 I think two and a half is his trip, and I think he's the best horse in the race. Uh, yeah. So I'm happy enough to have that. There's also a, a decent class three handicap over two miles. Uh, Defi Sacra is a four to one favourite after ending last season on a hat trick. I quite like the big bite, who's now with Henry Oliver though. Uh, nine to two, second five there. Stolen silver. Notre Pamary, interested novices turning up there. Other familiar names, Roman de Sinam. And good old Duke of Navan. Now that his mate simply Ned retires, he adds to rep those colours. Hopefully he does it well. On the Sunday, like Jim mentioned earlier, there's that intermediate chase at Sandown. Uh, the tactic for that is usually look who Henderson has, but he doesn't have one this year as far as I'm aware. Oh, Pim's in it. Pim's in it. If the cat fits, he's a fascinating one, taking old, taking on more experienced horses. If he goes, and of course the Tommy Tucker, back out. Hope he goes well. A lovely, lovely veterans chase, also on that Sandan card, and one of Navin's big days of the uh, free graded races, a novice hurdle. There's the Liz Mullen hurdle, which Tiger rolls in. We could see a couple of nice horses make their reappearances in that. Uh, Fury Road any second now. Super Sunday and Ronald Pump, who hopefully, hopefully won't be named after the president uh, <laughs> this time by Sunday. <laughs> Every bit of wood we can find, lads. Uh, the four trio as well. Apple Tide is already almost three to one on Fav for that to be a Clyde and Bofu, Castle Grace, Paddy, 
and oh newer looks an easy enough starting point for our Plutard here. Although I am a f I'm a I am a really big fan of a Clyde de Bofu. I don't he's you know, he shouldn't be winning this. But I wouldn't rule him out of popping up in a in a grade three or grade two in Ireland this season. He's capable. Nice chaser for Jesus Town and Gordon Elliott. And then of course uh, their big handicap is the Troy Town aforementioned and the Jam Man seven to one fans at this stage. Nines are uh, at the Acorn, tens discordantly. 12's Elwood uh, and then 14 to 1 bar then we don't have final decks for a handicap so big so it's a bit hard to analyse although Jim likes the Ronan McNally horse <laughs> of course you do you have to come on the jam man again I'm, I'll stay silent I'll stay silent What? it's entirely legal it's entirely legal but in the same way I see it a little bit like when a player gets away with a diving football uh, I, I respect the shithousery of it. <laughs> that's about it. Uh, quick rattle through last weekend. Surname was fantastic. Opens up loads of options for him. Can go left-handed, can go three miles. Very, very comfortable. Fascinating to see whether he turns up in the King George again. I expect he should do take it on stable, make Clan Des. And then maybe a Gold Cup bid. That's fascinating. Roxana was brilliant in the West Yorkshire hurdle, although I felt Liz Nagaroska went well enough for a long way. Nice building block to start from, from him. Same to be said for Next Destination. In fact, probably even better from Next Destination, given how long he had been off the track. Down Royal. The storyteller is developed into a really, really likeable animal. After a little bit of time in the wilderness after his novice season, Gordon, I think over the last 18 months, has really... Got him back to his best and better than ever. Great finish to beat Chris's dream, who again should be competitive in grade ones going forward in Ireland this season. Delta work, bit flat. Percy ran fine. Do you reckon, mate? Yeah, I, I yeah. thought he ran with a lot of credit. Uh, Delta work was flat, as you said, and I, I fancied the storyteller, but not a penny on him. I think Chris's dream is a likely a grade one winner later in the season than the storyteller is. Yes, I have to agree. Uh, look, Gordon bullies this meeting. Sigurd, brilliant. Ballyadden, brilliant. The horse of the French name in the maiden hurdle is named, I can't quite, Farouk Delen? Yes. Pulled it out of the bag. Very good. Obviously, the headline act is the best horse on the planet, Envoy Alain. Uh, very, very polished. Very polished. Not. Not over the top, not exuberant, but looked very switched on. You know, times that would have been easy for him to make a mistake, he put himself right. I've got it from one side to the other. Like, he met the last on a bad stride and was still efficient over it. Flawless. That's perfect word to put it. It's just, as I said, I, I think at this stage, the best horse. I've seen at this point in his career. Uh, you know, look, I'm I'm 21, so it's, I've not been alive for a long time. But I do genuinely think he's the best horse I've ever seen, and I reckon in five years' time we'll be talking about him, you know, a, above the likes of Proto Star. That's how good I, I think and hope this boy is. Uh, and what we've seen, 
Later in the week, nice from Imperial Order at Carlisle. Puts himself firmly on the fringes of the Ryanair picture. Yeah, that was a really good performance. Um, dominated the race in the end. And today we're recording on Tuesday. Tuesday? Tuesday, Thursday. Oh, same thing. Begin with T. Dusat. Nicky Henderson's half brother to Simon Sig. Put in what I'd say was the best novice hurdling performance in Britain so far this season out of horses who are capable capable of winning novice races at Cheltenham because I know someone would be pedantic and say, oh, McFabulous won the Persian War. He's not a real novice. He was winning in March. You've also forgot to mention that the champion chase winner won on Tuesday. I was leaving that for you, mate. I was Uh, about to you for last halved in price grenatine. Must have had you sweating slightly because he travelled like the winner and just took a little bit of time to pick off the runner-up. Oh, I quite liked it. I liked it. It added to the tension. Uh, I didn't think he was going to get up towards the last, but his class and he, he just showed a bit more stamina than I thought he had towards the end. And thanks to Furlong, eked out some some uh, better qualities in him, and I was I was impressed with what he did in the end. I thought he travelled well, took a blow, uh, and then finished strongly in the end. And hopefully we'll see him in the Tingle Creek next. Yeah, fine one from Moonlighter in second it was for Nick Williams. There's also the November handicap at Donny this weekend, which Sam Cook, a horse, me and Jim, have both been a big fan of all season. Hopefully he can get his first win since returning from injury after what in what has been really quite a good campaign for him. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to seeing him back out this weekend. And just a last mention on a horse that's running in the 12.50 on Saturday at Nesu. Just keep your eye out if there's a decent price. I think hopefully uh, she will be. But alarm call of uh, Joe Lyons and Khalid Abdullah. Um, show very green on, on uh, debut. Finished well enough under hands and heels by Colin Keane. But she uh, got ahead in front last time. She took a bit of time to get going. But put a put them to bed easy I think an opening mark of 89 is very fair and I think they could have a listed group horse on their hands for next season we love that we love when we give a special mention to a to a race that really has no merit on the running order so I'm glad <laughs> you brought that up RTR nap time mate are we staying domestic or do you want to mention something in America um, I'll stay domestic for the fact of rating the races Um cool. That's what I was going to do anyway, pal. So. My nap of the weekend's alarm call. I, th- I think she she wins all. Um, my next best will come with Sam Cook in the November handicap, and my reserve will be uh, Solo in the Elite. My nap is Somerville Boy. To win the two and a half mile hurdle at Aintree. My next best. Oh, it's a bit of a tough one. My next best, I think I'll stay at Aintree and go for Portrush Ted in the Potemps qualifier. Although, no, surely. Surely you're an idiot to put up any horse in a Potemps qualifier as a net napper and next best. But I do, I, I like Port Rusted, I hope he wins. Uh, 
and my reserve. I'm going to go for uh, Kilana in the Mayor's Handicap Hurdle at Wincanton. Form line fairly close with Kisses for Kater, who is a horse I'm still on the cliff with, even though she finished last on her first start this season. But Kilana was, you know, I think the Nichols team thought a lot of her. She was sent off very short on a debut in a bumper at Aintree this time last year. In fact, I think it was the same meeting. Uh, took a four starts to win over hurdles. Added two more since then, though. Mark of 135 doesn't look unfair. 5-1. to one. In fact, I'll swap her as my next best and Port Rushhead can go as the reserve. I'll watch the Breeders' Cup with you, though, pal. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be watching that together. Uh, well, not together, because we can't change households. Hashtag safe voyage by my army. Uh, hopefully that's trending. Hopefully he wins. Hopefully we make some money this weekend, lad. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, just tuck in, enjoy Saturday night and enjoy the Breeders' Cup. Couldn't put it better myself, man. Thanks for rating the races and the support. Thanks for everyone for listening and we'll see you all again next week. See you later, Steve. Yeah.